This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a, a hop off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite, and it's in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome to the Sub-70 podcast, uh, PGA Tour player, Corn Ferry Tour player, Zach Fisher, uh, to the pod tonight. Uh, Zach, thanks for taking the time this evening to uh, spend some time with us. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, likewise, Jason. Uh, really happy to be on. Well, I was going to uh, first start off with uh, kind of how we all do of falling in love with the game. There's usually an interesting story, you know, behind all that. So I, I knew you grew up in the Texarkana area. How did you kind of start playing golf, and uh, when did it become pretty serious, and when did you know, you know, hey, I could maybe make a run at playing in college and maybe, you know, even turn professional uh, with the sport? Yeah, I, I definitely uh, – I grew up in Texarkana. Uh, I didn't come from a, a, a great uh, – a wealthy family, I guess you could say. Um, so I, I kind of grew up more of the, the blue blood type golf. And uh, I think it definitely helped me uh, get the uh, competitive edge that uh, I have now. And uh, But, yeah, my dad got me into golf when I was four. And uh, I started playing golf when I was – or tournament golf when I was six. So I, I've been playing golf for a long, long time. And uh, I ended up – I went to Texas high school and uh, – Texarkana, Texas, and then uh, played all four years there. I uh, graduated there and then went to University of Texas at Arlington. Uh, got there uh, and played all four years and then uh, graduated there in 2011. And then I had a decision to make because I had some major issues uh, with my golf swing to clean up because I just, I was, I was deadly. I could hit it dead straight, I mean, on a dime. 260 yards which is just not ideal for playing professional golf and so I had a big decision to make if I was going to try to make the swing change while I was in school or after school and I ended up doing it my senior year in college which my college coach he wasn't too excited about that but um ended up doing that and then uh, I had some some big exemptions for some uh, bigger amateur events that helped me uh really refine my game because I could play some of the, the guys who were going to turn pro in the, in the near future and, uh, turn pro in 2011. And, uh, I finished eighth in my first event. So uh, it was just a, it was an Adams tour event, which is a mini tour down here in the South. And, uh, just, uh, went from there. What did you have to do with your, your golf swing to kind of get it up to where, and I agree with what you were saying of trying to be able to hit at 300 yards. And that's just kind of what it takes to compete at the highest level you guys play at. From a golf swing standpoint, you know, what did you guys have to work on to sort of get that speed and, and get the distance that you knew you needed to compete at a high level? Yeah. I mean, so my swing was very, it was very flat, very wide, very flat, very little set in my wrist. So if you look at people who hit the ball a long way, with the exception of people like Tony Finau and J.B. Holmes, they most people have a pretty big backswing, um, and what they what they say what they call it par- when you go to parallel. And so I was so far from parallel. I mean, it was it was a joke. My shaft almost was ninety degree, ninety degrees perpendicular to the ground. So I just didn't have any any distance for the club to travel, so I couldn't get any speed. And so I had to get the club more out in front of me so I could get more set in my hands, which is what I've done now. And I still have a very wide backswing. So I don't, I still don't get it to parallel, but um, I can get a lot more leverage on the shaft, which helps me get a little bit more distance than I had back then. I mean, I think I probably hit it. I hit it probably 280 in the air now. I don't hit it 300 in the air, but I can get it. I can get it out to 300 uh, when it rolls pretty easily. So, um, I just uh, have a very uh, efficient golf swing, I guess you would say. It's not There's not a ton that can go wrong in it, but um, I guess it's like anything else. If something does go wrong, it can it can uh, definitely derail me. But it's it's not a uh, – my, my swing coach calls it more like a, like a Jeep Wrangler, and uh, you, I guess you would compare that to like Cameron Champ would be like a Ferrari. 
Yeah, in the sense so that, though, it's 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 it works and it'll work under pressure and there's not a hell of a lot to go wrong with it when you exactly. need it to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheap Wrangler makes uh, sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> How long did those changes take? To you know, you're already playing at a pretty elite high level. Then when you make that change, was it a year? Was it or did you kind of grasp those changes pretty quickly? Uh, was it a six month process, three month process? How long did it take for when you're comfortable sort of with a new move? Or kind of a new idea in your golf swing. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't recall it the exact moment where I was like, "Aha!" You know, I have it. Uh, but I can tell you, my senior year in college, I made more birdies and more double bogeys than I've ever made in my life. I mean, I shot more sixty-eights and eighties just because I was so inconsistent. You know, some t- days I would do it right, some shots I would do it right. And uh, other days, like it, you know, I would go back to my old stuff, and then all of a sudden, those don't match up. The two, the two don't match up. And uh, so I had to, you know, and it, it probably helped me playing through it because, you know, you can beat balls on the driving range all day long and just stripe it, but you know, as soon as you go to that first tee, all of a sudden, you know, you really tighten up, and then you'll go back to what's comfortable. So, you know, it helped me being you know, playing through my senior year in college. And like I said, I don't think Coach Reese, my my, my college coach, was super excited about that. But um, in the long run, I mean, we're great friends, and uh, I think he definitely supported my decision in the long run. You get to 2013, so you've been pro for a little bit, and then Q School comes up, and you're playing some great golf, and you go from – uh, first stage all the way to winning Q school and finals, but it's kind of an interesting year. It's the first year where that by winning uh, Q school, you're exempt on the corn Ferry tour, not the PGA tour. So describe that process of getting through all three stages and then, you know, winning it, which is really hard shows you're playing some great golf. And then you, you I mean, you're excited because you, you know, you're playing corn Ferry, but if it was one year earlier, what was sort of the emotions going through that, you know, if it was just one year earlier, uh, you'd be playing the PGA Tour, or was it maybe a blessing in disguise that, okay, the Corn Ferry Tour might have made the most sense for your career at that point to kind of get started versus all the way from stage one to the to the PGA Tour? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, being, I mean, I tried it two years before, but I was only two years into playing professional golf, and uh, I had made some PGA Tour events, so I, I kind of knew what, how things worked, but I didn't understand, you know, the whole status level, you know, different statuses. I just knew that you you play, you, you have a chance to play the PGA Tour or the Web.com Tour if you're, if you play well at Q School. That's all I knew. So I was very naive, which in some ways that's a, a good thing. In some ways, I guess it could be a bad thing, but it turned out to be a great thing for me um, just because... You know, I got through first stage through in Dallas, and then my second stage site was in Houston. And when I got through there, I didn't know that at the time, like, I was guaranteed corn fairy status. And, you know, I, I almost, I barely even realized that it didn't go to the PGA Tour. I mean, I knew it, I knew it, but, like, I didn't know what that meant, if, if that makes sense. I was a very new, a new player to, to the experience. Whereas now, I mean, I think I know pretty much every single avenue known known to man <laughs> just because I've, I've played it so long, but it just, it definitely helped me. Um, not really, there was not, there wasn't a ton of pressure with the fact that I just didn't really, I didn't realize everything that it was, that it meant until, I mean, even after I won, like I didn't even realize, you know, endorsement deals. I didn't know all this stuff. So it was just so new. Is there kind of a freedom in that, that you're just, you're just kind of playing golf, right? Like, Give me the bullets right, exactly. in front of me. Give me the yardage. Let's go play golf, right? I mean, I don't think that'd be kind of the worst way because it's such a pressure-filled event, especially getting through second stage. From I mean, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but talking to other guys, like if you can get through, if you're a young pro and you get through second stage, like you were saying, that you're going to be guaranteed starts on Corn Ferry. That is huge because then good play on the reshuffle, you can you can make it work. Did you even get that sense at that time that, hey, the big, huge step here is, you know, I'm in finals, and finals means starts, (laughs) and, okay, I can make this come to fruition, or was it the whole time, in the sense, it's just one step after another, and you were just doing your thing and playing professional golf and doing it well, and the other stuff was just kind of noise in the background? 
you know, I didn't even realize at the time, um, I didn't even know what the word reshuffle was. So it didn't, it, that didn't even dawn on me. And I didn't know, I, the only thing I knew, I can vividly remember on the last hole, I had a putt from like 25 feet and, um, I have a one shot lead over Scott Pickney and, uh, I have, it's like 25 footer, it's downhill left to right. And the only thing I'm thinking is just don't four putt it because if you three putt it, you're co-medalist. So you're guaranteed, you know, the win, which means you're guaranteed full status. So that, that was the only thing I vividly remember. I don't even think I remember that two through 10 get three reshuffles. And, you know, I think it was uh, 11 through 45 back then would get you two reshuffles. I don't even, I don't even recall that in my mind. I just remember on the last hole, I was like, just don't four putt. <laughs> did you two putt it? You can, you can three putt it. You're fine, but just don't four putt it. Did so, you get it? Did you get it? Did they get it go down in two? I actually made it. You made it. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, one putt it, man. Go celebrate. <laughs> and it was going with some pace because it was downhill. I was like, as long as I get it past the hole, I can two putt it after that. Yeah, I love the freedom of playing with it. Um, you know, of just having that freedom, just letting it go, seeing the stroke and make the putt. You know, young pros and steely nerves. It's a great combination. Um, oh, for sure. New system versus old system. Do you think the PGA Tour kind of has it right at this point of letting – uh, the young guys who are, or even the veterans who kind of get to that stage of finals going to Corn Ferry, or do you like, or did you like the idea of the old system where, you know, if you do the Rich Beam and you go through one, you can be an assistant golf pro like Rich Beam was with no status, and you can get on the PGA Tour if you play that well all the way through the the, the Q schools. Does, does one seem to make more sense than the other in your opinion? I think the Tour definitely has it right in the way they do it. Uh, going to the Corn Ferry Tour, but I would love to see, you know, the winner of Q School get, I don't know, maybe the status that the 126 to 200, or, or excuse me, the 151 to 200 guys get, where they could he, they could at least get into a few events, and even if they got a sponsor exemption into, you know, a few of the fall events, or or not fall events, but some of the early spring events or something, they could play their way and reshuffle into even get more status on the PGA tour, because I just think it would be a, a cool opportunity. I mean, I remember whenever I won, I was just, I was really excited to play on the, the corn Ferry tour, but at the same time, I just was, I was really wanting to play on the PGA tour. I mean, that, that was, I mean, that's the main goal for everybody. I, I, every single person who was on the corn Ferry tour, or even to go to Q school, they want to, they want to play on the PGA tour. And they want to get to that level. And I just think it would be really cool if there was some sort of way they could give them, you know, a few starts, kind of like they do with the college guys, um, you know, Matthew Wolf and Morikawa and um, Hovland. And, you know, those guys, they're, they're really, really, really good golfers. Well, the guy who wins Q School, I mean, he's obviously a great golfer too. And I think it would just be a cool opportunity to give them, give that person a chance. Yeah, or I think maybe like you just have, like, I agree with you of having some starts, or but the guy who wins it, that guy gets exempt for the year. Just one guy. If you win it out of yeah. all those stages and all those people, if you want to play the PJ Tour that season, which they all would, I, I'd be totally fine with letting one guy go through. That you've right. That you've made that gauntlet, go out on the PJ Tour and see how your skill set stacks up. Yeah, but, exactly. I think it would be incredible. But I agree, like you're saying too, but for the most part, you know, there's 20 spots or whatever it is. I mean, let it's kind of proofs in the pudding on the corn or on the corn ferry tour that it really is a better spot for the guys to hone their skills because I think what was happening is there was so many guys who would make it not playing the corn ferry tour and then lose the card at the end of the season. There was a huge yeah. turnover all the time. So I like taking like maybe one or two guys and then let the rest go play corn ferry. But I always think there should be like one pot of gold at the end of that rainbow where that player who's earned it gets to go from potentially rich beam from no status anywhere, assistant pro to the PJ tour. I just think it's a great story. Absolutely. And I mean, the person who wins Q school, they, I mean, like I said, they're, they're really, really good. So whenever they won Q school, I mean, they, they could play the PJ tour. If they would have played that event, they would have, they would have top 10. I mean, for sure. They maybe even had a chance to win the thing. Because, I mean, 
the Corn Fairy Tour, in my opinion, is is the number two tour in the world. Because if you take away the top thirty guys on Europe, I mean, it's I just feel like it's not quite as strong as the Corn Fairy Tour. I mean, it's just it's just every week, you know, a bloodbath for these guys. It's it it's just incredible how how competitive it is. Well, and how low the scores are, right? I mean, I know. I mean, it's even crazy. this week, it's right. insane. That golf that golf course. It was it was windy this week, and when I played it in 2017, like it was it was pumping, and I did not see Tommy Gainey at what shot like nine or ten under or something like that. Yeah, like I I, did, I just and I mean that course is it's narrow, it's really windy. I mean, it's it's not an easy place to play. I was going to ask you about this, and it's not in the details of what happened to Tommy Gainey, and it's unfortunate, which for that situation. But as a competitor. I, I thought when that incident happened, you know, how do you how do you get your mind right to play competitive golf and kind of, I mean, he's got a family and all the rest of stuff. I don't know the details, but it can't be good. We'll put it to you that way. Right. To have enough fortitude, he got through Q school after that. And then to win today, I, I mean, it, say what you want to, you know, but, uh, man, he must, you know, how do you – it's just a gamer or he's just got, he's, he's tough mentally, right? I, I, that yeah. kind of adversity and to, and to be able to kind of, you know, winning is hard, like I said, at that level and to be able to kind of put that aside and focus and win. It's, it's impressive from the mental standpoint of, 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 of that performance of all that adversity. And he goes out and wins a golf tournament. I, you know, I know, I know you've never been through anything like this. So you had to comment on it, but I guess I, question I would be is it shows how tough some of those guys are and how tough you guys are resilience wise to be able to to kind of you know play and I guess it's oh, probably yeah, for him for he's sure. a he's been a, a professional for a long period of time right and there's just probably that gene or that drive that he has um to go out and perform in really tough conditions I don't know if you have a I don't know if it's a question or an observation I have, but, you know, the resiliency that some of these guys have out there is pretty crazy, I guess, what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I mean, and I've gotten to know Tommy uh, just because when I was playing out on Corn Ferry, he he was uh, he was out there. And, I mean, Tommy's a, a great guy, and everybody makes mistakes. I mean, it, it's that's, a, that's just an unfortunate thing. I mean, but, I mean, we definitely should – we definitely should forgive because we're all we're all sinners and we all fall short. So, um, no one should be passing judgment on him, in my opinion. But and he's a great guy. I mean, he loves his family to death. And uh, I mean, we just we all make mistakes. But that dude, he is a gamer. I mean, when I played with him, um, I mean, he's got probably the best hands I think I've ever seen. He had a shot whenever we, I played with him in I think 2015. Um, in uh, at o- Ohio State's course, in one of the finals events, and he's in, he's short side in this bunker, and there's like a little backstop. It's on 13, a par three, and he's got a little backstop behind it. He's talking to his caddy about hitting like one of these one of those shots that I think everybody knows, where you just catch it a little thin out of the bunker, but it's just got an insane amount of spin on it. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about trying to hit this shot, and I'm looking at my caddy, and I'm like, he's really not going to try to hit this shot, and he hit it. I'm not lying to you, just like perfect right behind the ball. I mean, you can see the spin, and it hits just short of the hill. It bounces up the hill, and it just rips back, and he hits it to like five feet, and he makes it. And I'm like, I, w- I just don't have the guts to hit that shot. Like, I, I mean, that's like a shot you do like with your your buddies when you're doing a chipping contest, and you're not you're not really even playing for money. And he's I doing mean, it in a just, tour event. Yeah, yeah, he's doing it in a tour event. I'm like, this is crazy. Well, you look at that golf swing, and he has to have great hands. Right. Oh, like, I know. Uh, you know, the hand-eye coordination that guy must have is, is is off the charts. But I just think it's a really interest. It's an interesting story, and like I said, you know, everyone likes a comeback story and some redemption. So hopefully, you know, all that stuff. Like I said, from the outside, he looks like he's a good dude. So you hope oh, everything yeah. he's works out okay. Him. And and uh, like I mean, he marks his he marks his ball with his son's uh, face on his on his like little coin that he, he marks his ball with. I mean, he, he loves his family to death. So, Well, hopefully it all works out. And like I said, he's one tough competitor uh, to get through what he's gotten and getting that win today. But it's like I said, it's always interesting to talk to the pros of the, the, the respect you guys have for each other and 
the like I said, the ability to to just game it out, and he did it today. It's pretty crazy. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Gonna ask you in the 2013 season two, you got to play some PGA Tour events. What is that? What's that like? Uh, the the main difference between a Corn Ferry Tour event and a PGA Tour event, and is you know a young guy on tour kind of playing your first PGA Tour event when you're a professional and doing it. What is that first experience like? Is it are you giddy? Is it overwhelming? Do you feel like you should be there? Is it a combination of all of it? What's sort of because most of us will never go through something like that. Like what's that? feeling like when you're on the driving range and you're like that is x that is y that is z and i am now here <laughs> yeah so my first uh, my first pga tour event was the valero texas open in 2013 and uh it was really cool because uh bill rogers who he was the 1981 player of the year and he won the british open uh he's from texarkana as well so uh i actually stayed at his house because he lives in san antonio so he kind of he kind of gave me you know a few tips and uh, just a few things to look for. But I mean, even the tours even changed since he's played it. So uh, I just I remember the most vivid thing I remember was being on the first tee on Thursday, and I hit it so far out of the toe. I'm pretty sure if it would have been iron, it would have been out of the smooth part of the club. But it went straight down the middle, and I picked up the tee and just acted like I hit it just absolutely perfect. And the other thing I remember was whenever I was doing my, or they were doing the club, the Daryl survey for your clubs, I was playing the five wood I hit off the tee on number one. It was a turbo power. It was a knockoff of a Callaway steelhead plus, and it was called a turbo power. You were using that in the PGA Tour. <laughs> yes. And so the lady, the lady gets dessert, or I think it was a guy actually, the guy gets the survey and he like pulls the head cover off of it and he goes, turbo power. He goes, just other. He just puts other. <laughs> just off brand. How in the world is a guy and how did you have that in the bag? Was it just like a club you were comfortable with and it yeah. worked? So I've only had, I've had three five woods in my entire life. That's how, that's how in love I get with a five wood. I just won't, I won't get away from it. And, uh, so I, I was playing that turbo power. I changed to a a uh, tailor made SLDR. The uh, actually the week I won Q school, I changed to that club, and uh, they uh, that that's one of the reasons I won Q school. I hit that thing so many times, and I hit it so good, and it's still in the bag today. Six years later, it's still or now coming up on seven years, but six years later, it's still in the bag. Pretty crazy. I, it's the I first know. pro I talked to that had a custom-made component in their bag of a. Hey, <laughs> but if it gets the ball in the hole, right? Um, it, it may. It may not even been legal. I mean, you, you never know about those kind of clubs. <laughs> well, back then you're okay. It's stainless steel, so there probably wasn't a whole lot of high cor on that thing. So if I was knowing golf equipment, I would say you're still. You were probably safe on that one. Um, is it? Is it? After you had that first tee shot, and then you know you're 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 on the PGA Tour and you're playing, is it did, after the first shot? Then do you calm down, and then is it just golf? Uh, you know, I'd love to tell you that after that first tee shot, I went and shot 34 on the front nine, but it didn't it didn't get any easier on the next nine holes because I ended up shooting I think 41, and you know it's one of those days where you kind of look at it and you're like, man, how did I shoot 41? You know, five over when I really felt like you know I, I played pretty well. But it's just when you're, it's just hard to describe the nerves. It's, it's almost like, it's literally almost like an out of body experience. So everything goes so fast. Um, especially cause you know, I haven't been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, now that I've played on the corn Ferry tour, you know, I kind of realize it, but you know, just the players, like everybody thinks people play really slow. Well, it just, it takes a long time because the guys are pretty methodical in what they think, what they're thinking. Um, especially when they're up near the lead and, you know, these shots are hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, but when, when it's twosomes or threesomes, well, especially when it's twosomes, but threesomes, like, and you're not used to it, like you're not ready to play. Like, it just seems like everything goes really fast. And, uh, you know, you, you're not really sure where you're at, like where you're supposed to be. And, um, I remember I played with, uh, uh, Cameron Percy and Jim Herman in that, in that, um, 
tournament. And so those guys are, were veterans, and oh, yeah, they're still are, playing now. Yeah, those guys, are, it's not their first uh, horse and pony right. show out there. So, I mean, I'm a, just a newbie, and um, I mean, I think I shot five over on the front. I think I ended up shooting even par on the legs 27. But if you can get through the first nine holes um, on those – you know, when you're nervous like that, you normally settle down the next, you know, 27. Because you'll hit a shot. Because what ends up, ha- ends up happening is you hit a shot that, um, you know, makes you comfortable. But, I mean, even uh, some of the tournaments I played uh, recently, like you're, like I always have nerves. I mean, if you're if you're not nervous, you're not human. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. Uh, but you just it's a different it's a different kind of nerves. Like you you feel like you belong versus just kind of you're not sure about everything you know i mean whenever i played in the valero like <laughs> i remember they at the valero in 13 they were they were like uh, would you like a courtesy car and i'm like a courtesy car like you get cars this is great right cars yeah, know, free food right? and buffet like yeah this is this is i can get used to this lifestyle here for about 20 years <laughs> i know and i'm like this is insane and then you know the the other thing is um the like the traffic and everything i'm pretty accustomed to getting to the golf getting to the golf course you know an hour 15 hour and a half early back then well i mean you better commit to two and a half to two hours or three hours because you know, people are trying to go to the course and, you know, roads are blocked that you didn't know were going to be blocked. And like, it's just, it's just so different. And, um, they're shuttling you places where you're like, where in the world are we going? And it's just, it's just different. I mean, it's hard to explain how many things there are and, you know, all the grandstands are around. So like, you can't just walk to somewhere, uh, just because there's no straight line. You're just trying to figure out where everything is. What a cool experience. And you know, like I said, and also I know that you're speaking of cool experiences. You got to play in the U.S. Open at Marion. Like what a golf course, what an experience. But the, the cool story is what you had to do to get that spot in the U.S. Open of like some epic uh, playoff against a very, very good uh, PGA Tour player. So I'll let you tell that story. But you're, uh, you must have got comfortable quick because you outlasted them on that one. And this, is, uh, this player definitely has been around for a long time and is world-class you know, in his own right. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was a crazy experience. Uh, I remember, uh, I had to do the, I had to do the, the, the local qualifier, which was in hot springs, Arkansas. And I got through that. And then I went to Dallas, uh, at Lakewood country club and it, the, the sectional qualifiers were 36 holes and I played pretty well. I think I shot 69 in the first round, which is two under. And I think I shot four under, four or five under in the second round. And so I'm at seven under, I remember. And Spieth was at that qualifier. Uh, I can't remember who won. I know Ed Lore was at the qualifier because he qualified. And somebody else. But anyway, they were taking four spots. And so three three spots were already in. And I'm waiting for, I think there are like two or three groups left. And I'm in at this point. I'm the, the only one at seven under. And I'm watching, and Ryan Palmer is in the group I'm watching, and he's at six under, and he birdies uh, his his 36th hole. And so I gets into seven under, and I'm like, oh, man. And so the officials tell us that no one else is in it. So I know I'm in a playoff with Ryan Palmer, and I'm like, whoa. Like, I'm in a, I'm in a playoff with Ryan Palmer. Like, this dude is this dude is awesome golfer. I know that he's had a career on the PGA Tour, and he's a great player. And I think he was – at that point, I think he was like 62nd or 63rd in the world, and he's barely outside. He's only he's barely having to do sectionals, and uh, so we end up going to playoff. And the the course uh, is 10 and 18 run parallel to each other, and so we go to 10, we par, and then we go to 18, we par, and we do this three times. So now we're six holes in, and so we go back to 10, and he birdies. I think he makes, or no, I made a birdie, made a birdie, a 10 footer for birdie, and he makes a 10 footer for birdie. I'm like, darn it. <laughs> this guy's good, right? There's a reason uh, he's no. 60th in the world, right? I'm like, are you kidding me? And so we go back to, uh, <laughs> we go back to 18, and it's starting, it's getting pretty dark. Like, it, it, when, when we were on the seventh playoff hole, it's getting like really dark. And he's got to go to, he's got to go to Memphis to play in the St. Jude. And so he's wanting to play as many holes as possible so he can go over there. 
And so, but I'm so used to playing in the dark because playing with my dad all my life. I mean, he would get off at four o'clock and he's like, let's go play 18. And it gets dark at 7.30 or 7.45 and we'd get in all 18. Now, granted, it would be dark by number 16, but <laughs> I'm used to playing in the dark. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And so uh, we go to 18 again. It's really dark. Like, I mean, the, the lights in the clubhouse are, you can see everybody inside because it's so dark. And uh, I make like a five-footer to extend the playoff. And at this point, after I make that putt, like it's way too dark. You can't play anymore. So we have to come back the next day. So that was that was eighth playoff hole. And then ninth, the ninth playoff hole, we both make par. And we go back again. And then 18, we come back again. And I, I missed it a tee shot to the right. And uh, he stripes it right down the middle. And then uh, I hit my second shot and I pulled a little bit. And it goes in this bunker, which is – really bad short-sided uh the green slips really hard from front to back and i'm like short-sided and it's kind of downhill and he hits it to like 12 feet and i'm like oh it's not not looking good and then i hit my bunker shot to like 30 feet past the hole so he's got a 10 footer for birdie and i have a 30 footer for par and i mean this putt has eight feet of break on it and if it doesn't go in it's going 10 feet past the hole but it just catches the right line and it goes straight in and instantly you could just see him like, Oh man. And he ends up missing that putt. And then, uh, number 10, like he had been striping his tee shots all day. And, uh, we go back to 10 again and he finally misses the tee shot. He ends up making par. And then, uh, we go back to 18 and I've got all the momentum because after that putt, I mean, yeah. I thought it was, I thought I was out of the thing. And, uh, we go back to 18 again and, um, I hit my tee shot down the middle. I hit a second shot to like 10 feet right of the hole, like basically the same line I made the 30 footer on. And he hits a pretty good tee shot. It comes up just a little bit short. And, uh, and then he doesn't hit a, he doesn't hit a very solid chip and it comes up like 12 feet short and then he misses. So now all I have to do is two putt and, uh, ended up making the putt actually. And I got into the U S open, <laughs> which was insane. So talk about nerves. Now you're, you know, PGA Tour events and now you're in a major championship. What's that? Is it even at a different level than when you're, you know, historic course, you're playing the U.S. Open? I mean, it has to be an experience of a lifetime. And, and what was your overall thoughts of the golf course? So the, 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 the whole setup that week was really, really crazy. Um, just because, um, we, I never even went inside the clubhouse at Marion because everything was basically off-site. They have two courses at Marion, in the east and the west. We were playing the east, and they actually had us parking on the west, and the driving range was set up on the west. So, like, you're just hitting – you're parking on one of the golf holes, and then the driving range and the chipping area and everything is set up inside the – like, on the other holes. It was really weird. Like, I've never seen anything like that. And the actual driving range that they had was just media. So, like, there was no – it was just, it was really strange. Um, and I had my bet, one of my best friends caddying for me that week. So the, the thing, the good thing for me was like, I wasn't super nervous cause I, I played, uh, three PGA tour events already. So I kind of knew the whole deal, but it's still a major. So, you know, you still have some nerves, but I was playing just incredibly well leading up to the tournament. And, uh, I actually draw like a two thirty five tee time second to last or something like that. And, uh, the, the worst thing about the deal was, is we have like a four hour weather delay and I don't see off to like six fifteen or six thirty that night. And I was already, you know, a little bit antsy and I, you know, I already have all day just waiting for, and I'm watching coverage on TV and like, it's, it's just crazy. Like that you can watch coverage on TV and still not, I mean, I'm still in bed at the hotel and, uh, so I don't, I'm, I mean, I know there's going to be a weather delay and so I'm just chilling and I end up only having to get to play five holes. And, uh, I was, I think I was two over through those five holes and I honestly didn't hit, hit like too many bad shots. But I remember on Friday, so on, on Thursday when we played, the greens were probably rolling like 10 and a half, 11 cause they were wet. And, uh, it was six o'clock <laughs> on Friday. We had a cold front come through. And I go outside and it's 51 degrees. And so I'm not like super prepared for this. 
I mean, I knew it was going to be a little chilly, so I have a pullover, but, and it's blowing probably 15 to 20, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is oh, this? On that and golf then, course. <laughs> yeah, and so in our, in our restart was at 6.45 that morning, and it didn't get light till like, 6.30, or, I mean, 6.15. So I have, like, 25 minutes, 30 minutes to warm up. Then I drop my ball on the green, and the greens are rolling, like, 13 and a half all of a sudden. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> Welcome <laughs> like, to the U.S. Just, Open, right? I know. I'm like, what just happened? And and after that, Marion just wore me out, just wore me out. And it were my playing competitors. I was playing with Ryan Sullivan and Brandon Crick, who are both great golfers. And uh, Brandon plays on the Corn Ferry, and I think Ryan, ha- he's had Corn Ferry status. And we just we all just hit some of the shots that you just don't ever see in your life again. I, I hit a reverse shank which is <laughs> I, I was trying to hit it out of the rough. I'm just trying to hit a lob wedge back to the fairway, and it the grass was so thick, it took the hosel, shut it down so bad, it almost hit me in the leg and went all the way across the fairway to the left. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're probably seeing literally golf course in conditions that even as much as you've played, you've never seen, I'm guessing, conditions like that or a setup like that. Is that a fair no, statement? No way. I mean, uh, and I don't think I'll ever see that again. I mean, they had it. They, I, I, they had it tricked up, basically. I mean, they had the fairways moved over to the to the out of bounds, and they shaved off some of the out of bounds poles, and just crazy stuff that uh, I don't think they'll ever do that kind of stuff again. I mean, it was fair, but it just was impossible. I mean, the whole week, all the analysts were talking about twenty under was going to win, and I'm looking at this golf course, and I'm like, y'all don't, y'all need to go play it. <laughs> Y'all need to, y'all need we to about it. it. Yeah, earlier, like you really thought a legit zero handicap would shoot in the 90s, even playing well. You thought it was that hard. And a guy who's a legit good amateur player with who's a zero or say a one handicap, if he had an eight handle in front of it, you would have applauded that. And that's a good absolutely. player. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, it's that, it was just set up that tough. I mean, it's crazy. I remember the, so I, I've met Tiger Woods one time in my life, and that was, it was on Sunday and it was kind of cool on Sunday before the tournament. And, uh, I were walking three and number six shared tee boxes and I'm walking and I'm like, looking, I'm like, where the heck is number three? And he's walking from five to six and there's no one else around him. It's just him and his caddy. And, uh, I look at him and I said, Hey tiger, I said, where is number three's green? And he points over to it and he goes, I just hit three wood short. <laughs> 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 and of course I, I mean i'm like i'm not hitting driver on this hole and so i hit three when it comes up 40 yards short of the green <laughs> it's crazy but I, I mean just stuff like that it was it was just it was just it was just hard i mean just an incredibly hard golf course my hands were my wrist and my hands were so sore after that from hitting out of the rough um, i've never had my hands be sore from playing golf but that was the first time i've ever had that happen so Justin Rose earned that uh, title for sure, right? Nothing oh, yeah. to shoot what he did, or yeah, it's uh, what a cool experience though to get to do that, right? Like it's uh, like I said, historic golf course, and it's our national championship. So probably doesn't get much better than that. From uh, I mean, winning one, but to say like your first major U.S. Open at Marion, it's pretty good stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, I was gonna ask you too. I know you're. Uh, wife has caddied for you for a couple seasons uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour. There has to be a good part of that. And then is there also some times where that can be an interesting uh, dynamic between husband and wife trying to figure out golf shots uh, in a professional event of uh, her not liking the shot, you wanting to do it? You know, does it's it's got to be uh, uh, um, great in some sense. It's also sometimes it's got to be a difficult situation, I'd have to imagine. Absolutely. And I definitely say it's more difficult on her than it is on me. <laughs> um, just because, I mean, I think everybody kind of has a, whenever they get on the golf course, everybody can become the, uh, I guess the whiner where they just, everything bad happens to them. And, uh, like it's it just, it's just not a, it's normally not a, a good thing to, to tell, you know, to express your disgust with, uh, your caddy in general, but especially when it's your wife. And, uh, so sometimes th- those can be the, the most difficult times or just w- with me and her, just whenever I'm being, you know, an idiot and just not, and just being a whiner, whiny baby, you know, just not, 
just not sucking it up and being a man. And, uh, but I mean, our relationship on the golf course is incredible. I mean, she is, she's, she's the best caddy I've ever had. And, um, cause being a caddy, you know, one thing is about giving yardages and, uh, you know, making sure the wind is proper and, you know, or, you know, everything you're hitting the right shot, but more so it, it's, it's just being there and almost being a, you know, a psychologist for your player right? and just making right. sure they're not making stupid decisions and, um, they're not getting ahead of themselves and, you know, just, just, just being there for them whenever they are going through a tough time. And, uh, that's, I think that was the best thing about having my wife as a caddy. And, uh, Whenever we go to PJ Tour China uh, for their for the qualifying, she's going to caddy for me there again. And uh, if I was playing Corn Ferry Tour this year, I mean, she would she would caddy for me. So I mean, I love having her out there with me. And uh, it, the great thing about it was uh, she caddied for me all of fifteen and uh, some of seventeen and some of sixteen. And I mean, every week it was like it was like we were on a honeymoon. I mean, we we're going to all these different places. We we're going to Bogota, you know. Uh, we went to Panama. I mean, we went to Dominican. Uh, just you know, all, Cartagena, all these different places. Uh, and it was just incredible to have her with me and to you know have her experience that with me. I know for this upcoming season, uh, we've talked that you know it may be some. Uh, events on corn Ferry, and also looking at like i said going to play pj tour china um assuming you do play pj tour china for this whole, whole season what are you most excited about kind of uh that challenge and going over there across uh halfway around the world and playing some golf and uh on the pj tour over there and and what are you sort of looking forward to and what do you think is going to be most interesting about spending some time there well i think that just the culture you know it, it's you know, one of the oldest places in the world. Um, some of the, the oldest, you know, manuscripts and stuff come from China and, uh, it's one, it's, I mean, I think it's the oldest country there is right now. I mean, that, that there's been, so I don't think it's, you know, ever been a different country. China has just always been there. It seems like in history and, uh, just to see, you know, the great wall and, you know, go to Beijing and, just I think it it just is going to be incredible and and my wife she's a, a quarter Chinese so she's extremely excited to come over and you know see some of her culture that um, her family has has being there and uh, you know just it's just going to be a really really cool experience and not to mention it's just literally on the other side of the world so you know it's just it's just going to be totally different um, you know just getting away from the everyday stuff that you know, everybody who has a job knows what that's all about. Just the routines and just not feeling like you're, you're doing something like, like just to get away. I mean, golfers have such a, you know, being a professional golfer, you have such an opportunity to, to go to different places and see different parts of the world for your job. I mean, what could be better than that? And granted, I mean, I'm going to have to be there for business and, but, at the same time, I mean, there, I'm going to have a lot of time where I can go sightseeing, and as long as I get my business done at the golf course, I can, I can go check out the, the the sites. So, I mean, I'm just really excited to, to have an opportunity to go literally to the other side of the world. How long does that season last for over there? So they have, uh, they sent a schedule out, and it go it starts in March, but they they do it really strange. So they have like four events in March. Uh, and, and April combined and, and they'll have like eight, so like four and then a week off and then four and then like two weeks off and then two and then like a whole month off. And then they play and they don't play any in August or July or something. And then they play August, September, I think, and that ends the season. So they have like a whole month where they don't even play, which is kind of, you know, unique. But uh, it'll be good because I can come over and, you know, see see my wife or um, we can come back and see our our dog, Arnie Palmer. So um, that'll be good, too, just have a, a chance to come back to the States. Yeah. yeah, and take a little bit of a break. And, you know, it's exciting. Like, it's going to be uh, – we'll be excited to kind of watch your progress over there and, and 
kind of, uh, you know, watch that challenge of going over there and playing around the world. It's, it's a cool part of being a professional golfer, right? You get to see all this stuff. Um, it's going to ask you too. Last year, you, you, you only got in one PGA tour event, but you did, you did well. How tough is it to play in one event and go like, would you shoot or, uh, tied 14th or finish 14th in yeah. the, the event you played? And so, what, uh, how hard is that to get into one event and then to play that well, um, for that one week? Uh, what did you kind of find that week? Or, I mean, it has to be a confidence builder, but, uh, it's one heck of a week for, for the tour event that you played in last year. Oh, man. Yeah. And it, it, it honestly, it was, it was just, it was just too cool. I mean, it was literally just a God thing. It happened because, so Savannah, I, I, I did almost all the Corn Ferry Mondays there were in the beginning of the year. And, uh, Savannah was the week before and I went there and I missed by one shot and uh, I got like a really bad wave. So I was playing really, really well leading up to that. And uh, I missed by one shot. I was in the afternoon wave and no one from the afternoon wave got through um, from the, for the Savannah event. And I've only missed by one. So, I mean, I'm playing great. And, uh, but if I get into Savannah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it to San Antonio to try that Monday qualifier. And, uh, so I go to, uh, I, I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, I think I'm going to go to drive to San Antonio and try the Monday qualifier. And, uh, she's like, yeah, that sounds great. And I can stay with Bill Rogers and, you know, see, see the friends and all that. And I end up shooting 65 in the Monday and, uh, I get through and, you know, I'm playing, I'm playing really, really well, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> I go into the tournament and, uh, you know, I shoot, I think I shot 71 in the first round and, uh, I shoot 70 in the, in the second round. And I'm really excited because, uh, financially, you know, it, it was getting pretty tight. Like we were, we were having some issues financially and I'm just excited about, it cause I know now I made the cut, I'm guaranteed like 13 grand. I'm like, right. this is going to be a great week no matter what. And, uh, I stroke, I play, I play really well on, on Saturday and uh, strike it probably the best I struck it the whole week. And I just don't make any putts. And I mean, I putted the eyes out of it the whole week. I think I ended up being like second in strokes game putting the whole, for the whole, for that, for that week. But I just couldn't make anything. I just kept burning the edges and I ended up shooting one under. I think I buried like the last two out of three to shoot one under, which kept me, you know, where I could make a move. I think I was like at 30th. And uh, on Sunday, I, I go into Sunday, we have like a big weather delay and, uh, I don't start, we were, we do split tees and I'm starting on 10 and, uh, I hit my tee shot just a little to the right and then, uh, had to kind of hit like a punch shot and I knew that long was better than short. And so I hit it past the green. Well, it goes like 15 yards over the green and I'm kind of short sided and I end up chipping it in to start the day. And I'm like, Oh man, here we go. There we go. There we go. Momentum. <laughs> I know, and, and uh, I think I, uh, I think I made a bogey or two, but I birdie eighteen, which was my ninth hole, and then I birdie one, and I eagle two, and that gets me all the way to six under all the t- all of a sudden for, uh, for the tournament, and I'm like, man, here we go, or five under, and uh, and then I birdie the fifth hole, gets me to six under, and I'm like, man, you know, I, I could I could post a low number because I still had a par five left, and um, I had some tougher holes, so I'm coming back into the wind. And uh, I end up posting six under and shooting 66 in the final round. And uh, whenever I finished, I was tied for eight. And uh, then all of a sudden, the wind just completely died. And it was raining while I was playing, too. And the wind died, and the rain went away, and the sun came out. And everybody started playing really, really well, and I ended up finishing tied for 14th. But uh, I was really, really hoping for that top ten because I wanted to play in the Wells Fargo um, in the few weeks following. But the fact that I finished 14th, like, I didn't even know I was – it was kind of the same thing that happened with Q School. Like, I mean, I knew it was going to be a lot of money, but I wasn't expecting, you know, six figures. Just – that was like, what in the world? Like, that was insane. And, uh, you know, just that for it to happen when it did, uh, just was – it was incredible. It was such a blessing from, from God that, that that actually happened that week. So – well, what a cool experience, and you know, you know, the talent is there, and it's a matter of just getting the right opportunities at the right time. It's such a fine line out there of, you know, of of the guys. The difference between the guys playing on all these major tours is is very, very minuscule. And in the right time, at the right place, and then you're out in the PJ Tour, and 
you know, next thing you know, there's a 20 year career from it. So it's, uh, it's, I think, I think people who listen to the podcast here and most golf fans realize how tough of a path it is and, and how many really, really good players there are out there. But, uh, you know, what a cool experience that you know you can do it, right? I mean, you finished oh, man. For 14th sure. on a tour event. I'd say it's the best tour in the world. So you know the abilities there. So it's going to be fun to you – know, we can't wait to watch the progress of, like you said, with you playing in China or, or Corn Ferry this year, a little bit of both. But uh, the talent's there, pro. It'll be fun to kind of uh, see what this upcoming season has in store for you. I know we'll be watching. Uh, one final one, and I'll uh, get you out of here. Like I said, thanks again for your time this evening, you know, to do this. But uh, if we are – Ever down in the Arkansas area in Little Rock, um, what is the couple best courses if someone's down by your area that you got to go check out and play? Well, by far the, the best course, um, if there's any way you could ever get on it, I still haven't even played it, is a Lotion Golf Club. And uh, it's basically the Augusta National of Arkansas. I think it's ranked 14th in the country. Um, but the club I play at is uh, it's called Pleasant Valley Country Club. And uh, it's a country club, but um, you can probably find, you know, somebody who can get you on, uh, especially if you're a member of a club. And uh, it's, it's a very, very, very good club. Um, great. Um, it's a uh, Joe Finger, and uh, Byron Nelson was also designer of the course. And uh, it's got 27 holes and um, <clears throat> just a, a lot of – it's just a quality golf course. And uh, the the course I grew up on in Texarkana is phenomenal, Texarkana Country Club. Um, it's basically kind of like a little Pinehurst, I guess you could call it. Uh, greens just run off everywhere. And um, it's just there's a lot of really, really good golf in Arkansas and definitely should come check it out. And some good people down there as well. So Oh, for you- sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us. Like I said, really looking forward to watching your progress uh, this upcoming season. And uh, best of luck with everything. And uh, hope you stay healthy and play some good golf out there. We'll be watching. Well, I'm really excited that uh, you guys, Sub-70, has uh, given me the irons uh, that I'm going to be playing this year, too. It's, I'm, I'm really, really pumped to, uh, to have the Sub-70 irons in the bag. So I think it's going to be a great year. Well, it's an honor for us to uh, to build you a set and uh, for you to be playing them. So thanks so much for that. And like I said, uh, best of luck with everything, and uh, we'll be watching. All right. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, bro.